0: With a large
1: range
2: of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and Test Drive today.
1: Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs.
3: Yes, good morning to you. Where else would you rather be? It is Saturday in this beautiful state of ours and there's a grand final happening tonight. This South Australian grand final, that is Showdown 52. What an unbelievable build-up. A man who played in two showdowns for a 50% winning record. Won one, lost one. It's Bryce Gibbs. Good morning to you. Give back. Good morning, Hazy. And to quote Eddie Maguire,
4: what a big week it has been in footy, to say the (laughs) least. Plenty happening. Lots to talk about. And yes, uh, I did, was lucky enough to play in a couple of uh, of showdowns and played in two pretty good ones. Two very close ones. Mm. One losing one, one winning one. Uh, and they were certainly very good games to play, and very exciting games to play. In.
3: I mean, the losing one, you had an absolute front row seat to the absolute little master and Robbie Gray.
4: We did, with both of them. He won the showdown medal For in both. both of those games. Oh, of course, he did. <laughs> <Of> course he <laughs> is <laughs> Mr. Showdown, isn't he?
3: Yeah, five times, uh, potentially six times. Wouldn't that be just an absolute fairy tale send off? Oh, jeez, you're right. And we'll go through the timeline of events really, really soon. But it's been an unbelievably fiery more fiery build-up than usual. So you, you've been involved in a couple of them. You've been on both uh, sides now. Is this as fiery as it's ever been?
4: I think it has, yeah. I think, I think it is. We, I don't think... Some of the comments the Port players have come out and said earlier in the week, I don't think we've really seen this before. Mm. Well, not, not, not that I can remember in terms of uh, players speaking their mind about an opposition club and... They were pretty pointed with the direction that they wanted, or well, the message that they wanted to get across.
3: Mm, oh, absolutely. Big, big show coming up. A really special showdown edition of Tell Me Bryce. Looking forward to that. I want to talk about Jason Old Francis, what it potentially means for Alistair Clarkson signing on for North Melbourne uh, with you because you're a man who knows him a little bit better than most. You speak to him regularly, daily, hourly. <laughs> Not quite that much, but you'd get a good vibe of potentially if something's going to shift in that space. Um, we'll do a big showdown preview. It, it's it, It's got that feeling about it as well, that it's like a mini final. It's certainly our grand final because there's no next week for both our teams, but this has just been such a gorgeous build-up. Uh, Tommy Lyon, um, and we'll get to a little bit of a conspiracy behind, behind Tommy Lyon's last name a little bit later on as well. There's a few serious questions that need to be asked.
4: A few things have uh, come past our desk, hasn't mm. it, Ozy, about a few things uh, with, uh... Tommy Lyon?
3: Come to service that make you just uh, question a few things and trust and all that sort of stuff. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, but Tommy's got a nice little segment he wants to talk about. And, and bear with us, the most boring football stories of 2022, because the ones that just keep on floating across your news cycles, you go, know, what's going on here? So we'll touch on that. Uh, big, big show coming up as well. We'll go through a sports wrap uh, as well. But um, let's go through a bit of a timeline of events. So Showdown 52, we love rivalry. And absolutely. Take us through the record. What's the record once again in terms of wins and losses for both these sides? So
4: 51 showdowns. Yep. Port have won 26. Adelaide have won 25.
3: That's remarkable. So
4: when you think about it, I'll retweet what you've just said. Remarkable. That's an amazing stat that the win-loss can be so close mm. in no matter.
3: Well, No matter what's going on as well. Like It doesn't matter if Port's right at the top and the Crow's right down the bottom or vice versa. They're always close.
4: They are. We haven't seen too many blowouts in showdowns. And players do get themselves up for these sort of games. Mm. I've been there. I've seen it. You do. You find an extra gear.
3: Right. Okay. So that's a little teaser, I reckon. For uh, A little teaser. For Tell Me Bryce. But in short, these showdowns for the players potentially are treated a little bit differently.
4: Yeah. And especially this week when there's not much to play for in terms of finals. Mm. This is their grand final, as you said before. So there's uh, there's going to be plenty of fireworks, no doubt. Oh, I just can't wait. There's already well, been plenty of fireworks.
3: Yeah, there really has. Let's go through the timeline. So this started Sunday night. Chad Corns was working for AFL Nation, and uh, little brother. Kane just asking about the rivalry and you really kick things off. Kane, you know more than anyone how much I hate them and we hate them as a footy club, and it's true. Um, that rivalry is still there, and the boys already understand the importance of next week. Our supporters, in particular, understand that and it's just a game you have to win like to put it simply and I know that puts a bit of pressure on everyone but it's a it's a game you build up last game of the year and I just couldn't think of anything worse than, than not putting in a, a Port Adelaide performance in that game and, and taking the victory so here we go outstanding Chad has set the scene and you know when I think of showdowns uh, the first person that comes into my head is Chad Corns yeah. and that is giving it to the crowd and just how unbelievably ferocious and consistent he was. So we thought, you know what, that's, that's great. Time for your turn to respond, Crows, and the first person up doing the media rounds.
4: Let me just point out too, so that interview was after their demolishing of Essendon. So he hasn't even spoken about how good their performance was against, against the Bombers. <laughs> the first thing he wanted to talk about was the showdown next week and how much he hated the
3: Crows. <laughs> yes, good. This has been coming, it feels like, maybe for a few weeks, particularly from a Port Adelaide perspective, uh, when the Crows knocked them off with that Jordan Dawson kick after the siren in round three. So Scotty Burns gets a go uh, at responding. We're thinking, well, I mean, what sort of poking and prodding is Burns going to do? Yeah, I do feel that Port Adelaide hate Adelaide. <laughs> I think that is true. If, if we're a club that just worries about one team, then we're going nowhere. What it does do, it puts a smile on their face, knowing that you've played Port Adelaide two times, and you, if you've got a 2-0 record from... Like I said earlier on radio this morning, you've got a smile on your face from August to February next year. There you go. So look, you want to win these games, but we're not focusing on any one particular team. It's pretty flat batted.
4: That's a very flat bat, isn't it? <laughs> I would have liked Burnsy to come out and uh, have a bit more spice to, to that answer, but that's okay. That's
3: He's well within his rights to go down that path. Absolutely. Completely fine. So that was on Monday. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, as we should have, we 100% celebrated Robbie Gray. And the absolute little master, and I mean, the debate's still out there. It's going to continue on for a long time. The greatest AFL players have ever played for the power. Is it Robbie Gray? Is it Warren Treadray? You can throw Kane Corns in that mix as well. Hell, give Gav Wayne a bit of a sniff. <laughs> the only thing that's going to hurt Gav, I reckon, and which is what I've said, is that 173 of his 300 games were played at Essendon. So there's probably a little argument that he's one of Essendon's absolute greats. Anyway, I'm digressing. Ollie Wines picked it back up on Thursday when he spoke to Channel 7. There's certain things about that football club that that I don't like. I think it's just the DNA of the club and and what they're about and the sense of entitlement that they sort of have. But um, I'm proud of my football club. (laughs) Good was that? Because Ollie is a very, very good media performer. Very measured at the best of times. Very, very mature Media perform. I'm not saying that um, he doesn't give a lot, because he does, but he's very controlled with his words. He doesn't have an outburst. So to hear that from the vice captain, you go, "Whoa, there's a bit in that."
4: And it, this is when I started to to wonder: is has this is this messaging been premeditated?
5: <laughs> yeah. have,
4: have Port said internally, "Let's start." Let's start getting this going. Let's start poking the bear. Let's start throwing some barbs out there. Let's start getting the the fans involved, start to fire them up. That's sort of what is starting to creep into my mind now. Do you reckon they would have done that internally?
3: Well, I mean, that is the big question. That is, I suppose you could call it a little conspiracy theory. Has this been, um, you know, hooked up to try and not increase ticket sales because GA was sold out almost immediately, but also, but mainly to entice members to perhaps actually come to the football.
2: Either
3: way, the theatre of it all, I'm loving it because while Ollie Wines was saying that on Channel 7, Tom Jonas was saying this on Channel 9. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Like, there's some good people within the club, but as an or- organisation, they're um, entitled and arrogant.
3: <laughs> How good. <laughs> entitled and arrogant. You put all these comments together and you go, wow, this is a genuine solid war of words. It's one-sided, but still, it's a war in his words. Which
4: you don't see too often, to, to, this, to this degree, do you? I mean, we heard a little bit of a, a couple of weeks ago with Ed Langdon coming out and, and whacking Collingwood. Not to this level, but we saw the ramifications of, of Ed's words when he got the ball every time against Collingwood. They, geez, yep. they come after him. But this is pretty pointy from Port Adelaide. And for your, your skipper and your vice skipper to come out and and make comments like that
3: yep it's certainly personal it is definitely personal and oh geez for what it's worth the people that i've spoken to at port adelaide it's not an act there's a genuine hatred and it does go both sides okay so whether it's vocal through the media or not there is a genuine solid rivalry in this town and it could be as strong as ever does it feel like that for you
4: well, i th- yeah i do absolutely and you, you do build your, yourselves up for for these type of games, and, and I mentioned before, with nothing to play for next week, there's no tomorrow. This is that both of, both of them. This is a grand final, and like this is, is bragging final. this is bragging rights for the whole preseason. <laughs> yeah. you, you lose this game this week, you've got to sit on it for six to eight months mm. until
3: you play again. Outstanding stuff. So that brings us to the what should have been a joint press conference yesterday between the two coaches. So we talk about the variety shield and there's a bit of banter that comes with it. We do know as well that Ken Hinckley and Matthew Nix are friends. Of course, Matthew Nix served under Ken Hinckley when he was at Port Adelaide before he went off to GWS and then was a Crows head honcho. Um, So firstly, let's talk about Matthew Nix and his response to the comments that came to light, It's
2: disappointing,
6: isn't it? Disappointing. We're, we're here, we're talking about arrogant and entitled and we've got a superstar of the game about to retire. Unbelievable. I think there's a, there's a line you draw. Port Power this time may have, may have overstepped it. So you you you're
5: doing it again yourself now because you know that that's not their name and <laughs> that agitates them. Is that why you do
3: it? Is that why you do it?
6: Okay, so. Let's talk about footy, guys.
3: <laughs> that was Michelangelo Rucci. Who, look, I'm going to say quite rightfully pointed out that for Port Adelaide supporters, um, that is something that irks the fan base, being called Port Power. And whether it, was, <laughs> whether it was an accident or not, if it was an accident, it was a timely accident. But see, even little things like that, it's just great. It's just throwing a little extra spice in what's already a very, very spicy soup.
4: That wasn't an accident. <laughs> he, Nixie he knew exactly what he was doing. And as you said, he spent a lot of time at that footy club. And I reckon that's why he's gone down this path about, it should be about Robbie Gray. Those comments are not acceptable. He's, he didn't want to come out and, and whack Port Adelaide. Although he did very subtly in his own way. Mm. But he spent a lot of time at that footy club. So it would have been interesting if he come out and had explosive comments to say back Adam. But he wasn't going to get drawn into that, was he? No. He he's very did. calculated with his response.
3: <laughs> I mean, at one stage, uh, the question was asked, "Like, why are we still talking about this? And I think it was um, Sim Thomas-Wilson, who works for the He said, because it's interesting. Because we want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really, really interesting. You've got to give the fans what they want. Talk about the football. And, and you know what? Absolutely. We will talk about Robbie Gray. We have been talking about Robbie Gray all, all week, and he will be celebrated, win or loss for Port Adelaide tonight, thoroughly and deservedly so, because he's just a, a champion. But this is the byproduct of it all. Jeez, it's just fun to... Um, jump along for the ride. Ken Hinckley, um, this is what he said, he actually spoke first.
5: A sporting rivalry is, is just that. It's a sporting rivalry. So I think their views on what we think of each other in this town is clear and has been clear for a lot longer before me and, and will be after me. So we, we, um, we enjoy the dislike of the Crows.
3: But the byplay with all of this was, it's supposed to be a joint press conference. It was separated because uh, when they're about to do it, Port said, no, 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 we're going to go first because the story behind it all as well was that in round three, it was supposed to be a joint press conference. There was a bit of a miscommunication from what we've been told where the Crows said, righto, um, we're good to go. Let's just go right now. And they did it. So Ken and Port had to wait 15 minutes before they did it, but it was supposed to be a joint press conference back then. This is all fun little games. (laughs) This
4: is no coincidence, Hazy. It's right. This is no coincidence. That the, this chain of events, how it's unfolded, th- this, is, this is what it, w- this is what sport's all about. This is what rivalries are all about. I, I love this. I love what's happened this week
3: between <laughs> yeah. both sides. This is the best possible build up you can have for effectively what is a dead rubber game. Like, could you think of a better build up? For a standard regular season game. Because that, that's what it is. I know it's a showdown we treat a little bit different. But at the end of the day, this is a round 23 game.
4: Could this be the biggest build-up yeah, for a game that means nothing? <laughs> yeah. Or, but does it? It, does, it actually doesn't mean nothing. Yeah, It I, means I'm everything to both it. of these clubs. I'm and their supporters, more importantly.
3: All for what is happening behind the scenes. And, cheese. I can't wait for absolute fireworks tonight. Two questions. Is the rivalry as big, if not bigger, than it ever has? O four two seven one five four one double six, and specifically for Crows, Crows supporters, Port supporters, do you think the Crows are entitled and arrogant, and why?
4: I'll throw a bigger one to you. Is it the rivalry bigger than it's ever been, or is it the biggest rivalry in the AFL right now?
3: Straight off the top, without even really analysing that, absolutely it is, because I still think of Carlton and Collingwood, but it always depends on where the clubs are at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, if Collingwood are up near the top and Carlton are battling, those games still blow out. Versus it doesn't matter where the Crows are, it doesn't matter where Port are in terms of they could be in the absolute opposite ends. It's always close, it's just a different contest. That's what it feels like for me. And the West, exactly the same. If the Eagles are flying and the Dockers aren't, those games blow out. You reckon? I think that, I think as a, as a whole, I've seen some where they, where they genuinely blow out. The one recently was good because it was a melee early in West Coast, despite their poor performance this year, showed a little bit. But this just sort of feels like it's built a little bit different.
4: Yeah. I, I think the, the Derby or the Derby or wherever you're from, I, however,
3: however you want to say it. We'll never get the right one.
4: I still, I still reckon it's got this sense of build-up to it that it, it does have here in Adelaide. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you, you, can't, you cannot fault that stat. Mm. With one game between the two sides in terms of win-loss records, out of fifty odd showdowns, like I, I think it'll continue to stay close for forever.
3: Yeah, and then of course you've got the Q clash.
4: Oh, how can we forget about the Q clash? Could forget about the, the, the Q
3: battle clash. of the. What about the battle of the bridge? The battle of the bridge as well. I mean, they're just some seriously fierce rivalries. And then somewhere along the next line, next next column is maybe the showdown. <laughs>
1: Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA, with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs.
3: Five minutes to 9.17, you expect the expected top across Adelaide today. There'll be some showers easing, and hopefully that rain holds off for showdown 52. The football was on last night. The Demons, oh boy, they're very much back, it would seem. Was it a combination of this, Gibbsy? Is it the Demons are back, and the Lions are simply there to make up numbers?
4: It was impressive, wasn't it? And I, I missed most of the first half, but watched some of the highlights and... It was like a training drill. Oh, jeez. Like some of the, the full ground uh, transition um, from, from the demons. It just, the Brisbane Lions playing look like uh, witches' hats. Mm. They were just, they did not show up, did they? In, in a game at the Gabba, finals was like a finals like, build up. They don't lose at the Gabba too often, the Lions, let alone getting uh, beaten by 60-odd points, which uh, was about the the end margin. But, um, yeah, you're right. That just doesn't give uh, Brisbane much hope leading into finals, I don't think.
3: No, not at all. Um, The sour point from the whole game, from both sides' perspective, was Harrison Petty, who was uh, seen in tears at three-quarter time uh, due to a verbal exchange with Dane Zorko. Alan Richardson spoke post-game and had this explanation.
4: Yeah, look, Pets um, thought he
5: heard something that was um, probably over the top in terms of reference to to,
3: a member of his family. Uh, We actually don't have all the information, Richard, so it would be unfair of me to... Say anything with respect to Brisbane, Uh, I I went over to Danny Daly at the break just to let him know that it happened,
4: and if it had happened, then perhaps um, they might want to sort it out.
3: Um, Ordinary situation. We don't know exactly what was said, but um, clearly something untoward, but probably something that doesn't need to be spoken at all on football field.
4: No, and I mean, a lot of banter does happen in in a game of footy, and a lot of words are exchanged, but he was visibly upset, wasn't he? Uh, Petty yep. at three-quarter time. And you got the sense that uh, there was a bit more on on this one. So, um, yeah, as we as you said, we don't know all the details just yet, but uh, uh, the AFL are investigating uh, the chain of events that happened uh, in the third quarter.
3: All right, let's get into this.
2: Tell me, price, tell me, sweet little Bryce.
3: Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest.
2: Tell me, Bryce.
3: This man did play in a couple of showdowns. Uh, One win, one loss. Played your 250th in a showdown as well. Was that the win? That was the win. Oh, there you go. That's nice. That was the one I wanted. So you are the man to talk to about showdowns, uh, to give us a bit of an insight into, I suppose, a player's perspective and why it's so different. Firstly, it's a different game.
4: Yeah, it is. And for that reason, for the the rivalry, a two-team town, uh, we, we've already spoken about, it doesn't matter where both teams are at, where they're on the ladder, what sort of form they're in, that you know it's going to be an absolute fierce contest. You know whoever's home game it is, y- your fans are going to be riled up, razzed up. They're, there's going to be um, so much build-up leading into the game, and, and that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a grand final as close as closest to a final grand final that you, you can uh, experience, I think.
3: So you were involved in your loss. Was the Stevie Motlop play so goal? So I've
4: played in two rippers, really, looking yeah. back. Um, would have loved to play more, but played, played in two. The first one was early in the year. I think we were in control late in the game, and there wasn't long left on the clock, and out of a centre bounce, they surged it forward. Big contest at Senar forward for Port. Motlock, Crumbs, kicks a goal with not many seconds left on the Exciting clock to game. win by five points, uh, which was an Adelaide uh, – sorry, it was a Port home home showdown. So you can imagine the, the noise uh, when Motlock kicked that goal. It was unbelievable.
3: And the Robbie Gray five-goal quarter.
4: Five-goal third term yep. to, to get him back in the game. And then the second one, as you said, it was my 250th game – uh, and we did the opposite we uh Josh Jenkins kicked a goal with uh only a minute or two left on the clock, which he thought might have hit the post and, <laughs> J-J uh, was adelaide, so honest adelaide win win by three points, so two absolute crackers that uh you know could be nearly two of the top five best showdowns uh in history to date, so i have been pretty lucky to to play in those two in in one year
3: fantastic so it's clearly. From a player's perspective as well, this isn't one of those situations where it's just beat up in the media or it's just something to get the fans talking. You guys would treat these games differently.
4: Yeah, and you could tell before the bounce. I mean, I remember walking out in the first showdown against Port. Sam Jacobs, uh, he's won about three showdown medals, and um, was a specialist as well, big showdown player, and Ported. to obviously realise that. And before the first bounce, their whole team, as we're walking to our positions, went at him and started trying to rough him up before the first bounce. So little things like that um, certainly happen. And that's why it's going to be so interesting this weekend with all the all the niggle and all the chat that's been happening. We're going to see some some fireworks before the first bounce, I reckon.
3: Do you reckon so? Look, oh, I mean, no way are we endorsing violence here. But <laughs> who's going to start it? Who? Look, do you think... I mean, there's still teammates there from the Crows. Who do you think would be there almost effectively going to throw, not the first punch, but make the first move? I mean, we saw what happened in the West a couple of weeks ago. There was 12 players fined uh, for what was called an all-in melee. Who's going to be the um, uh, antagonists?
4: Well, I'm really interested to see who who goes at it first because Port, with all their big words this week, are they on the front foot and are they being the first one to, to start this niggle, or is Nixie behind closed doors, he will be raising them up. He'll be really setting the players for a, for a fierce contest, and they, they, could they be the ones to come out and start targeting Ollie Wines, their captain Jonas, before the bounce? I'm intrigued to see who's gonna who's gonna uh, start this off, but you I mean you look at some of the guys from Port who potentially could be trying to get under the skin early. Uh, Sam Powell Pepper,
3: absolutely, could lock it in. He's made for these <laughs> games, I reckon. Yeah.
4: I reckon Dan Houston is one that will uh, will be stirring a few up. Yep. Okay. Charlie Dixon, big boy, want to be making his presence known early,
3: and you'd be shocked if you didn't.
4: I, I would be shocked, and then I'll be having a close eye on on Wines and Jonas to see yeah. how they go, as I just said. And from the Croweys, a bit similar to Dixon, the big Texan. Yep. He'd be taking those comments very, very personally, no doubt. Little Ned McHenry, yeah. the little man. We know he, he doesn't mind throwing his weight around or, or lack of weight. Uh, Benny Keys, I reckon, he's not going to stand for that. And uh, Little Berry, the little tackling machine. Yes. Uh, he he might be one to stand up and say this is uh, this is not not good enough, Port.
3: Do you know what was an interesting one as well? I mean, we've spoken for a few weeks now and a couple of assistants about Darcy Fogarty, and basically said well, what's been the difference in Darcy's game? Uh, and I said, well, in short, I mean, one of the one of the reasons was he's not as gassed as he usually is because he doesn't get involved in the pushing and shoving and everything off the ball. Just completely got rid of that. Now he's got more energy to do football things. <laughs> this this, Darcy Fogarty? channel a bit of that old-school play that he used to and bring back some of that biff and banter. And then he might be
4: cramping halfway through the first quarter.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I mean, if you're Port Adelaide, you go after Darcy Fogarty, try and get him off his game for a bit of push and shove, which will fatigue him. And uh, that could be a genuine game tactic because as we know with these games, particularly um, in this build-up, there's been some seriously interesting tactics.
4: It, there is, and I can confirm that. If you get caught in a wrestle mid-game, even if it goes for 30 seconds... You get up and yeah. you are blowing. You try to get get running. Your legs feel like you feel like you got the cement boots on. Yeah. It takes you another five minutes to actually uh, run run that fatigue
3: off. Good friend of the show, Nathan, just sent this through before uh, Adelaide Crow's Twitter page. They've just put through a little what you would call a promo poster. It's got game day. It's got Jordan Dawson celebrating. Where's that from? Yeah, showdown <laughs> three. And then underneath, it's got. Port Power v. Adelaide. Showdown 52, Adelaide Oval, 7pm.
4: Oh, oh, good. It continues, see? It just... It continues.
3: Oh, good banter. Join in on the banter as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 We're going to get to Ange straight after the news. It is Showdown 52. The banter. I mean, the rivalry is just as extreme as it could possibly get. Ange comes to us from Corden. He's a very good Port Adelaide man. G'day to you, Ange. Good morning. Good morning, lads.
6: Um... I want to start with uh, Chad, Chad Corns. I mean, everyone knows the relationship, what that's like with Chad and the Crows. Everyone understands that, and that's uh, understandable. But for Ollie, Ollie Jonas and Bert, and Bert Jones to come out and say what they said, it's pretty embarrassing. I can tell you that right now. You know how much of a poor supporter I am. And, I mean, Ken doesn't take part in a joint press conference. Says a lot about Ken, doesn't it? About our leader of our club, you know? And, and this didn't just start on the last week, mate. This started when the club come out and go, we're going to win three flags in five years, you know. Um, talk is cheap. It, you know, talk is cheap. And let's not even get into the uh, disgraceful and embarrassing effort with the Ebert tribute game, lose by 12 goals against Hawthorne, the bottom four side. That's pretty embarrassing, you know. You know, I think actions speak louder than words. And this is, this is, I'm pretty sure this is directive from our coach. And remember, you're only as fierce as your leader. And then we've got Ken Cleese. But right, so it's really embarrassing, and I don't care about the the Camry Crows beating them, or I don't care. I, I care about winning premierships. I care about the four points. You know, we've got a supporter base here, and you can probably tell that that we're we're actually hurting a lot at the moment. We were meant to be top four in premiership contenders. Our window was open, you know, and then, you know, and then we got Ken and the boys to come out and deliver this crap. Really, honestly, W T F? That's what I say at the moment. And to tell you the truth, I don't think Port going to win tonight. I will tell you why, because they're mentally, they struggle against, you know, um, finals type games. You know, they really do. And you know, and let's let's face it. Look at Ken's history with, in you know, playing against top four sides. It's pretty terrible. So that's how I feel. I'll be there at the showdown tonight. I'll, I'll be back in support Adelaide. But I'm pretty disappointed the way they've come out and what they've done this week. I think it's pretty embarrassing.
3: There you go. Strong words from Ange. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can hear your thoughts on the showdown banter. I just, I just like the whole banter part of it all. The rivalry just builds for it. Um, I, I like the fact that the players on either side would come out and say some stuff because it would be, it wouldn't do it justice in my opinion if the players came out and said, "Look, it is just another game. It's we don't care who it is," because that's that's boring.
4: Yeah, that was a surprise. Surprising words from Ange there, but obviously a very passionate Port man, and he's uh, he's sick of what he thinks is uh, just some cheap words from yep. from Port Adelaide. But uh, no, I'm with you, Hazy. I think I think we need to see a bit more of it. We we mm-hmm. see it obviously a lot in American sports, and it's just not taken with a grain of salt over there. But here, it's it's not. Uh, it doesn't happen too often, but when it does, it's certainly just creates the theatre, creates the build-up a bit more. And, uh, yeah, I think we need to see a bit more of it. I mean,
3: NBA players, as an example, throw all sorts of barbs at each other. It's great. It's good theatre. And
4: the thing, too, Ange, that uh, he mentioned, Port actually aren't playing a top-four side this week, so... Uh He said that they they haven't uh, performed in finals games and against top four sides. Uh, They're they're not playing a top four side this week, so uh, the result might be a bit closer than you
3: think. There you go. Watch this, space. All right, the big news of the week, of course, was Alistair Clarkson uh, and his signature going on this piece of paper that says he's going to be North Melbourne for five years. First of all, let's hear from Clarko and why he chose North.
5: When it comes time to make decisions as pivotal as this one, you think back to the the moments in your life where you really needed some support, this club gave it to me. And perhaps the, the shoe is on the other foot right now where this club needs some support and some help. Uh, and that was pivotal in us making a decision uh, to come back and uh, help the club and help get itself back on track again.
3: All right, the other club that was in the mix, of course, was Essendon. Really, really late pitch to Alistair Clarkson. Far too late, uh, as Alistair Clarkson... Revealed too far down the road with North Melbourne. So I suppose the biggest victim in all of this is Ben Rutten. He's been absolutely thrown to the wolves right now. We're waiting to see exactly what's going to happen. We'll get a clear indication after this weekend about his future. He's got a year to go on his contract with uh, the Bombers. Uh, Alistair Clarkson spoke about uh, the effect that's had on what he thinks of Ben Rutten. I hate being the centre of attention. I don't like the fact that, you are know,
5: you know, in essence, should sort of take hostage of the game until a decision is is made. Um, so the sooner that can be made, um, it really disappoints me what's unfolded with 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 truck out at the out at the Bombers. You know, he's a good man. He's a good football person. I mean, I hope somehow that can be resurrected as a result of uh,
3: the decision today. I think collectively the football world is looking at this Essendon situation and collectively feels sorry for Ben Rotten and thinks, "Wow, this is this is crap for Ben Rutten."
4: Yeah, it's. It's a complete disaster. What's unfolding at Essendon and what's unfolded uh, over the last couple, the last week. But um, let's just get back to Clarko for a sec. So this is this is a great get for the uh, for the Crows, for the for the Roos. Huge. So five year deal. He's got time. He's got time to put the pe- the right pieces in place, get the right people on board. Um, he's going to be. He's going to. Can he turn this club into a destination club? Mm. We saw it with Hawthorne um, however many years ago. He's, he's going to come in and make an immediate impact just with the presence that he brings. And he does. When, when he's in the room, you've got, you got, got this aura about him. Um, and it's a credit to Sonia Hood, she's, she set her sights on going after this man.
3: She's been fantastic, and by the way. She,
4: did, she didn't need a plan B because she was that confident mm. in what she, what she wanted to achieve. So, so well done to her. So a couple of things he needs to sort out first. We, we spoke about Jason Horn francis mm. earlier in the show. This might, might be the ticket that he, that he goes, nah, I'm gonna, I might commit here.
3: Okay, so, and that's the question I want to ask you. Do you think right now he's less gettable because Alistair Clarkson's on board?
4: Well, I think it's going to have a pretty significant impact on his decision. And Jason, he, he would know... Clarkson and what he's achieved but I don't think he would understand the impact Clarkson can have on this football club so he'll they'll obviously start creating a relationship as of now Uh, and I think the more Jason understands that it's going to help help his decision making absolutely Um, so that's very positive news for the North Melbourne Football Club
3: So, I mean, his management's been pretty reasonably strong. I mean, it came out last weekend that they're pretty locked into seeing out this contract. Of course, he's got a year to go next year. And then that's when the talk's going to start. I mean, the talk's going to start probably in the next six months, what's going to happen. But, I mean, right now, hedging your bets, percentage, (laughs) it's a tough question (laughs) because you're trying to get blood out of a stone here. Do you think this is the difference between Jason and Francis staying or going?
4: I I think it's only going to help him stay at North Melbourne. And speaking to a couple of people at Adelaide, there's been no indication to them that he wants to come home now. So if that's on the table, Clarkson comes in. And I think Jason won't be the only issue that Clarkson will face when he first gets there. You've got someone like a Cam Zerha who's out of contract as well, so you get Cam back on on board and and wanting to commit to the club. Can he can uh, Clarko get some some senior guys in, which I think he'll try and do. You know, like uh, Jack Gunston's name's been thrown up, Shield from from Hawthorn, some of his his old uh, team, uh, other players that he coached. Uh, I think he'll go down that path, try and get some experience, some leadership into this club to just keep him steady while he gets the right recruiting pieces the the right players he wants to target uh, gets gets his program get, gets the culture back to a position where it needs to be so he's got 5 years to do it but i think as much as as good as clarkson is he can turn this around a lot quicker than 5 years
3: there you go massive it's just a great result for north melbourne a club that's just been battling for so long and uh, who knows? So you know what the ceiling is in the next sort of two to three years, but uh, you would expect as a bare minimum that they're just going to start climbing as of next year. That's what Alistair Clarkson does. Now, sometimes if you throw, I don't know, a player into league football at any level and he's not quite ready and he gets sort of, I don't know, exposed a little bit and then the saying afterwards is, well, you know what? He's better for the run. David Barham and his first press conference as Essen president better for the run I'll say I
4: I think there's the only way is up (laughs) the only
3: way is up I I mean let's just listen to a couple of little highlights and when I say highlights we'll call them lowlights from David Barham's press conference as tough as it gets as well because unfortunately for Essendon they've got an almighty mess and it's Essendon's fault and the president has to ask some questions in particular Um, well what are you going to do with the coach Ben Rutten do you need a new coach.
0: Uh, we're going to decide that on Sunday. Did you undermine his position by making that decision on Monday, though? What Should decision?
5: He, the decision to pursue Clarkson.
0: Uh, oh it hasn't it certainly hurt him? And yeah, it hasn't helped. And that's and I am and, and I'm not happy about that. But at the same time, if you're saying to me, <laughs> if if I'm the president of Essendon, and the best coach of the last 20 years is sitting out there expressed an interest in Essendon and I don't go and see him, what do you think the members and fans will think of
3: me?
5: They probably would have thought that you could have done that earlier. Uh, yep,
0: they
3: yeah. can say that for sure. Yep, that's a very, <laughs> a very very valid point. Particularly when and Galarco says out and says, look, it was too late. I was already too far down the path of North Melbourne. Um, this next part as well, the question was asked about James Heard because that name started to circulate uh, within the media, etc. Um, and then towards the end of this scrap, just see if you can pinpoint the exact moment but just for a second, David Barham's soul left his body.
5: David, just one more to be crystal clear. Do you yeah. feel that there are sections on the board, or powerful sections
4: of this club, that would support James Herb coaching this club?
0: I have no idea. And, it, and that is, it. like, how much more hypothetical can we get, Tom?
4: Well, uh, I don't know. Like, I can't,
0: I can't, I can't, you know. Um, that's sort of like, if one plus one plus one equals five, what do you reckon? I can't answer that.
4: Does the club know what
0: sort of coach it needs? Um, yeah, well, that's what's got to be worked out. That's part of what's got to be worked out on Sunday, and the decision's got to be made.
3: So, no, oh, here it is. The club doesn't know. Um,
0: <laughs> I think it's got to
3: be worked out on Sunday. Oh, better for the run. <laughs> better for the run will be better next time.
4: Do you know what I think about when I hear that? I think about that gif of Homer Simpson, like, <laughs> retreating back, back into the hedges. <laughs>
3: Oh, that's what it was. Do you know what he will learn as well? Because he's only just become president. I think at that time the press conference, five days into the presidency. Just say something different. You ask me who the the Essendon coach is going to be. Go on, physically ask me. Uh, Who's the Essendon coach going to be next year, uh, Andrew Hayes? Look, it's a great question. uh, And it's something that uh, needs to be discovered over the next sort of few days. But as far as we're concerned, we're a proud football club. We always have been. Uh, and we continue to try and strive towards a path where we're playing good football for our members. And yes, I did get this haircut three days ago, and I think (laughs) it's taken one to two days for it to really flourish, but right now I'm happy, and we're just looking forward to the future. You just talk absolute crap to get out of these questions. You are going to be the next president somewhere of an (laughs) AFL club after that. Politician? (laughs) You're in the
4: wrong cave for Hazy. But (laughs) a smarmy little poly. Well, Well... I don't know his background in, in media and how much he's been exposed to it, but is that just from a lack of being in this situation, like a lack of media training? 100%. So, like,
3: so if you ask someone a question, straight away your mind goes, well, you turn it into a yes or no question, don't you? So instead of saying, Bryce Gibbs, how old are you? You go, well, I know the exact answer, or I don't know the exact answer, instead of, The alternate view, which is taught to blokes who have done a long time. Well, talk around it. Talk about that topic, but don't answer the question. Bryce Gibbs, how old are you? You can say, well, look, for me, age, there's a number of things when it comes to age. I mean, you've got your birth certificate. um, You've got how long you've actually been here. You've also got how long, how old you feel like you are. And for me, it's just a number. But also, it, it stems back to football. Like, this is... This guy's a media train, but unfortunately for David Barham, he was put in a situation where the hardest questions will, that could possibly be asked were asked, and he's not media trained.
4: Everyone listening this morning, Andrew Hayes, press conference one hundred and one. <laughs> fant- like you kept- talk about uh, tell me Bryce. This is insight at its at its finest. <laughs> you've uh, you've made some amazing points here, Hazy. Well We've done. Just but seen but it. you're spot on. You're spot on. He the the way he paused and wanted to say something, but then thought, oh, no, I probably don't need to say that. And he just kept digging himself deeper and deeper and deeper. Just talk
3: about something else. Uh, Anyway, let's straighten up. Let's do a real deep dive, a good solid analysis of Showdown 52. We'll do that next. Visit Solitaire Volkswagen
1: and Test Drive today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Giggs. Yeah,
3: big thanks to Lumo Energy SA for uh, getting us going this morning. Text line is 0427 154 Busy. Good solid banter coming through, Bryce. What have we got? They're coming in.
4: So this is a text. Uh, so the definition of entitled means to inherently deserving of privileges and special treatment. Sounds like prison bars, China games and handouts to me. Oh, bang. Very good.
3: Good solid banter. From Brett,
4: just like the UFC guys, let's get it on. And uh, this is not a bad one. What's a bigger rivalry? the showdown Port V the crows or the Foss Camden v Plympton Bulldogs in the under elevens.
3: geez, they're all on par. I would have thought
4: the, the text is going it's going nuts this morning <laughs> and that's uh, that's what we want to see so keep them coming people
3: All right that number once again oh four two seven one five four one double six um so many little bits of uh, barbs have been thrown this week. I mean it was not just a war of words particularly in Port Adelaide's side, but even little bits and pieces like. The Crows tweeting just an hour ago, a bit of a showdown poster saying, Ready for showdown 52, hashtag we fly as one. And on the poster it's got game day, Jordan Dawson celebrating. No surprises what he was celebrating. Little victory in round three. And then underneath it says Port Power v Adelaide. Kickoff, 7 p.m. How <laughs> good. Whack. Port Power. There you go.
4: It continues. So we look, so now it's an ounce on, the port. Now Are it's they on Deport. Yeah, we're going to come back with now?
3: Are they going to respond it? There's been a lot of talk and a lot of text coming through as well saying that. There's been a lot of talk. Now it's time for both clubs and probably particularly Port Adelaide with uh, what's been said, also with Robbie Gray, to genuinely walk the walk. So, um, Let's talk about the game. Showdown 52. It is 26-25, can you believe it, in Port Adelaide's way. It's such an unbelievably even matchup. Um, the bookies will say Port Adelaide goes in as favourites. Do you agree?
4: I do. I do. Uh, they were very, very impressive last week against Essendon. Uh, and the Crows, although they have won a couple in a row, they, they've they beaten West Coast and North Melbourne, who we know have had their struggles this year. Um, I think Nixie came out and said they're playing finals like footy, which I'm not sure that's quite the case. But, uh, yeah, Port Adelaide are, uh, are in better, better form, I think, at the moment. And I think they're just going to be... I'm worried about Adelaide's defence. Now, I know... They held up well uh, two or three weeks ago against Carlton and didn't allow the likes of Mackay, Kurnow to get into the game. But Josh Kennedy, uh, we saw in his farewell game, kick eight. Um, North Melbourne looked pretty dangerous. Uh, Their their forward line looked really dangerous last week. Uh, And with Port's tools down there, you know, Marshall, I think he kicked five in the showdown earlier in the year. Dixon's back this time. Uh, George Yardies is back. We'll look to have a good game. And and Finlayson will will rest down there as well. So I just think Port might have a bit more firepower up forward for the Adelaide uh, defenders.
3: All right, the changes. Of course, the GOAT comes in. Robbie Gray uh, for Riley Bonner has been dropped. Jackson Meads out as well. They'll name a sub tonight. Wayne Miller is in for the Crows. Ben Davis, Shane McAdam uh, are out. Shane McAdam, of course, injured with that hamstring injury. Um, So the key players for both sides. Firstly, I'll start with Port Adelaide. For me, it is, it's Sam Pepper, Jeremy Finlayson, and Todd Marshall. So Sam Pepper, we know what sort of heat physically he's going to bring, but he also has proven this season that he is that type of impact player where he could kick two or three unbelievably crunch goals, and he's got that drive in the middle to generate some serious, serious ball for Port Adelaide. Jeremy Finlayson, we saw last week, his best game in Port Adelaide colours that he turns into this genuine midfielder as soon as the ball hits a deck when he's in the ruck and can be the difference when he goes up forward. He was on last week. I know it was against Essen and they smashed them, but when you got blokes who are versatile like that, they can be the difference. And Todd Marshall has been good all year. He structures up the forward line so beautifully. If he's on, they can get it to him. Uh, I almost feel like the way that Todd Marshall has played this year, it, he's been so good and the man up forward, that now all of a sudden – Charlie Dixon gets freed up. So I'm looking at it now going, still Charlie Dixon's going to get the number one defender. But the way Marshall's been going, I'd be sitting there going, oh, hang on. It's not an automatic decision for me that the best defender goes to Charlie Dixon. That's how good Marshall's been for me, and that's how important he's been.
4: Yeah, you're spot on. And so Butts and Murray are probably the two that are going to get those matchups. And Warrell's actually come on. He's actually been impressive in the last couple of weeks. So he'll probably be the one to, to do the intercepting coming across
3: does Worrell get Robbie Gray? Oh. How's that for a matchup? Who wants to play on Robbie Gray, the showdown specialist, in his last game of AFL football?
4: I, th- I think you'd need to go to one of your leaders to put on Robbie. You need to go to a Tom Duday. You even maybe need to go to a Brody Smith and just say, we love your rebounding, absolutely, but Jordan Dawson's been the man that's been doing a lot of the damage behind the ball. Um, but I think you need... I think it's going to be a Tom Duday. Someone like that just needs to go to him, shut him out of the game. Because Luke Brown would be the one who's had the job on him over the last five or six years. And when Luke Brown's up and going, he's been one of the the best small defenders in the comp. He's obviously had his uh, selection issues over the last 12 months. and uh, Well, he's injured at the moment, so he's obviously not playing. But um, he has been the one to go to him in the past. So new look for...
3: For the GOAT. Mm. Oh, Tonight. Geez. No, it's going to be fun to watch. And the Crows players for me, it seems quite obvious, but it's their big three. Taylor Walker is, when he's going, he is arguably top three best forwards in the competition. Not just because of his presence, but also the way that he kicks the football through the sticks. It's just so unbelievably reliable. He likes big games. He likes big moments. Roy Laird's had an unbelievable season. He's going to generate so much movement out of the middle. And Jordan Dawson, is the Rolls Royce, and so if I I wouldn't be surprised, and I would kind of expect Jordan Dawson to get some serious heat. Like I'm not talking about, I don't think either team does a genuine tag anymore, but you've got to be accountable on Jordan Dawson because he's just uses the bet, ball a bit better than most.
4: He does. He he's had an unbelievable year, and it, it should well if it's not, it should be in Adelaide's game plan. Whenever Dawson runs past you, just give him the ball because. 10 times out of 10, he's hitting, hitting a target and, and generating some nice ball movement for you. Uh, I agree with you with the big Texan, uh, and I think it's a big night for uh, Riley O'Brien. Big man, big stage. Port don't have a genuine ruck, but we know how successful the Finlayson-Dixon combo's been. He needs to stand up and have a big game for the Crows tonight.
3: I think the way that they can sort of go about that for the Crows is Riley O'Brien is a great tap ruckman. They're going to win their hit-outs tonight. But I still feel like one of Raleigh O'Brien's strengths is his work around the ground. Like, he's a genuine endurance beast. And he can get to more spots on the ground than most other big men like that. So he would do his best to try and match what Finlayson's going to be doing on the ground.
4: Yeah, for sure. And Riley has been one of those players who who can mop up at ground level. He, he has got the the capabilities of doing that. But uh, we've seen this, this combo, this one-two punch of... Uh, Dixon and, and Finlayson—it's it's been um, been a great story, hasn't it, for for Port this year? And um, they'll look to continue to to have big games. Those two in the ruck, and the other one, as you said, uh, Roy Laird, I think someone's got to go to him at stoppage. Whether that's you, you go to Ollie Wines, big body, just try and wrestle him, take away his influence at the stoppage, and then play from there. But uh, he. He would average 8 to 10 clearances a game. He's the one that generates a lot of ball for him, gets it to the Dawsons and the, and the Brody Smiths on the outside. So uh, Port need to be wary of him because he's had another fantastic year, the, the little man.
3: Side note, do you reckon tonight would bear selection for a couple of players on the australian side? Do you reckon tonight it could come down to a good, strong, really good, strong game from Connor Rosie could get him in, versus a really, really big, strong game from Roy Led could get them in, I sort of feel like they're both on the verge of getting a spot on the bench.
4: Yep. I feel, I feel like it's not going to come down to one game, to be honest. I feel like the All-Australian side would pretty much be locked in by now. You can't sort of just have one good game at the back end of the year to, to get you into that, that squad. Um, but not only big games for potential All-Australian selection, big games yeah. for some guys and their careers moving forward. Obviously, there's going to be some change at the end of the year. Some guys in in both sides that aren't contracted. Where are they going to end up next year? They're playing for potentially their spot on the Port or Crows list, or potentially showcasing their talents for for an opposition side who are who are looking closely into them.
3: Mm, all right, just I can't wait. We are nine hours and thirteen minutes away. <laughs> From the bounce, it's not like I'm counting down the minutes or anything, but it does feel like a genuine finals type game of football. It's certainly, our South Australian Grand Final. You're heading along, oh four two seven one five four one double six. Who do you expect to show the first bit of physicality?
1: Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs.
3: Eight minutes to ten o'clock on sixteen twenty nine SEN SA. This is Saturdays in SA. The new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. So go down and check that out. Tom Line. Is joining us in the studio, of course, our absolute little whiz-bang producer. Um, a few little trust issues as well, Bryce, which we need to get into before we talk about some other stuff. We had uh, dinner the other night on Thursday night. And I just quite casually said that, uh, of course, your lovely wife is yes. Jessica Braithwaite. Yes. Who, of course, is son of Daryl Braithwaite. Yes. Yes. Obvious? That's, oh, that's
2: I mean, the last names are the same, so that's obvious. I
3: just assume yeah. that based on the success you say son of or mm. daughter of? Daughter Do- of, Do- well, rather. Could, oh could boy. Could be oh, son, <laughs> could be son. Mate, great pickup, guys, <laughs> great pickup. Can't let that slide.
2: Uh, could be son. <laughs> I just
3: assume that based on the success of the track horses that yeah. Darrell Braithwaite has thousands of sons and daughters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Jessica's one of them. Uh,
2: she is, anyway. he is.
3: <laughs> and I said, look, Tommy, uh, at some stage, will uh, Jessica change her name from Braithwaite to Lion? And Tom had revealed, that's actually yeah. not my last name. And we started
2: talking about catfishing and all sorts of things, and turns out your last name's actually Phillips. Sure is. Never been hidden, but my middle name is Lion, so people have just always called me Tom Lion, and that's how it is. And then uh, you get emails created at organizations which say Tom Lion instead of Tom Phillips.
3: Just got to go with it. Anyway, we're just having some trust issues, but we'll work through that. (laughs) Nonetheless... Welcome, great man.
2: Yeah, good to be here. We're also talking about uh, some of our feral experiences. At Ga- I was down at um, a Geelong game and uh, heard a kid, he would have been about six years old, um, call a player the C word. Coconut. Uh, yes. That's the first time I've ever heard a, ki- a a child use that word. So that astounded me. Um over there in Geelong, and and Gibber, what happened to you? You were running down a race at where?
4: Uh, it was a few years ago. I was playing seniors for Glenelg, and we played at Alberton Oval. And <laughs> the, the away change rooms, um, you would walk down the race, and it was next to the the grandstand, mm. and you could you could look up, and supporters could like lean over the grandstand and look at, hurl abuse at you. <laughs> and we we're coming off uh at one of the breaks and i felt something hit my arm which was turned out to be spit (laughs) and i looked up and no kidding this lady would have been 70, 80 years old. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was gobsmacked. I was, I was 15 or 16 at the time. I was like, "Wow, what is going on
3: here? <laughs> so that's oh, outstanding. Was... Uh, and my story also <laughs> my <own> recorder, <laughs> yeah. like, involves the Maggies. One of my first games, and my teammate at the time was a bloke by the name of Chad O'Sullivan, very, very good player. We were both uh, new to the club, housemates. It must have been round two or three, and we're playing the Maggies out at the Ponderosa. And he's got in a bit of a, a verbal stoush with one of the Maggie's players, a bit of a push and shove right on the boundary. And then Wooshka, he's got clocked in the side of the head. But then everyone's sort of stopped and he's stopped and gone, hang on, what's going on? There's no other players around. <laughs> and then just looked over as a Port Adelaide supporter runs off into the rest of the crowd. Got cracked in the side of the Whoa. head by a supporter.
2: <laughs> that... That's brave. So he ran onto the field. How's no, far? going no, no. so, over the fence?
3: So the melee was happening right on the fence. Oh, like yeah. Like right on the fence. But it was just a two man melee. It was just Chad and a poor Maggie's player, push and shove. And then Wooshka, he sort of looked at the Maggie's player. And the Maggie's player sort of stopped as well and gone, What just happened? <laughs> looked around as this little Maggie's supporter has drifted off into the distance, hurling abuse assaulted by a spectator made the paper the next day
2: very bold Mm. they're very bold down there at alberton
3: of course Um, they are and the ponderosa by the sounds (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's a perfect
3: it is just the perfect environment for some shenanigans like that to happen (laughs)
2: Uh, another thing we were talking about bryce i didn't know you had uh, made a debut on fox 40 this is last year so tell us what happened in the lead up to your commentary debut there
4: so it was, when was it? It was last year, I think. Anyway, yeah. I was asked to do some uh, boundary riding for one of the AFLW games. And,
3: and just bear in mind as well, he was so green, they were calling him Shrek.
4: Yeah. Mm. Were they? <laughs> <laughs> I can only shoot <laughs> And, like, it was, an, I was unsure whether to do it, but I was like, nah, you know, put myself in a different environment, have a crack at it. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I agree to do special comments, boundary riding. Um, for one of the games and anyway leading into the game I was a bit like what what do I actually have to do here like <laughs> no no one sort of got in touch or rang me or yeah. sent through a you know some ideas on what to do or,
3: or even a rundown
4: a, yeah rundown or something which I thought was a little bit strange so got got to the game started to ask some questions there was I don't know what would you call like a producer there on yeah. on uh on the over with me sort of telling me how it's sort of going to work. And anyway, it's still not a lot of information that was going. So I, I sort of went into it and to be fair, i probably was a, I could have done a little bit more homework <laughs> in my, my wash up on, I had a fair idea of how the Crows AFLW side was, yeah. um, by working with some of those girls and, um, with some of their coaches as well but I didn't have a whole lot of information on the Gold Coast Suns. Okay, where that's was.
2: where you, the story pauses for a moment. I, so I went and ha- had a look for this Fox footy debut, and uh, it, it is so funny that you guys didn't talk at all. In the, like, I would be so anxious if I hadn't had any preparation. So this is the first time they crossed down to Bryce Gibbs on the boundary.
1: And former Gun Blue and Crow Bryce Gibbs, who's down boundary side. Bryce, you got a nice day for it, but there's a fair bit of injury trouble for both sides. Yeah, I've got
4: a couple of injury news down here. Uh, we okay, obviously so saw the two girls in Nikki Gore and Jamie Statton go down in the first quarter.
2: <coughs> that is a, a gap big enough for a truck to drive through. That one.
4: That was actually a bit of delay in the in my earpiece. Bit, yeah, so I'm not sure. I think there, that was some technical oh. difficulties. That oh, were, sure. that, that okay. Well,
2: let's well let's just hone in on that one again. It was yeah, big enough for something to drive through there.
1: Bryce, you've got a nice day for it, but there's a fair bit of injury trouble for both sides.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I've got a couple of injury news down here. <laughs> there's,
2: oh, the, drive. there's the There's the, <laughs> the It was a massive delay. So. And then things don't improve from there. So they've crossed down to you at this time and you've got the head coach of the Gold Coast Suns women's team with you right here.
1: Let's head down a boundary side to Bryce Gibbs. Trying.
4: I got David here, one of these Suns assistant coaches. Um, pretty physical game so far. What was the message at quarter
2: time? How much is that contested ball was? <laughs> um, oh, the
4: disrespect!
2: Assistance. So how did that happen?
4: No, I've been stitched up there. So the lady that was telling me, yeah. she goes, "Oh, you're going to do a quick interview at three quarter time, and I think we've got one of the Suns assi- uh, assistant coaches. I think it's the forward line coach. So I'm like, one, I don't know who the forward line coach is. For the coach, <laughs> son. So I'm like, at least I, if I say assistant coach,
2: yeah. Keep unbeknown to me,
4: it was the head coach. He took it very well, mind you.
2: Yeah, he he rolled with it. He, his the look on his face was like, "Nah, I'm a nobody. I'm just going to take it." <laughs> and then just kept. But talking. I always
4: wondered, like post, I was like, "Geez." I'm, I never got any feedback on how I went yeah, or what, what, what happened. happened. But even in the, like, even I was, I remember sitting on the boundary, wait, waiting for them to cross to me. Like I was watching the game. I was like, oh, I've got a few things probably to say here. But I was like, do I just pipe up? Can they hear me? Do I need to honk the horn on the truck to make sure they know I'm coming in? Or are they just going to throw it down to me and then I can say what I want? And then for the whole quarter... I just didn't say anything. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I just, am, I, am I getting paid still?
3: <laughs> What's happening here? So
4: anyway, post the the game a couple of days later, I was like, oh, I wondered how because I'm like in my mind, I'm like off the back of no, not much direction. I was like, yeah, no, I, th- I think I did okay. Anyway, the feedback was. Scathing It was like Brutal <laughs> He was unprepared He gave nothing He didn't know Who the coach was For the Gold Coast Sun. <laughs> <laughs> So
2: Fox Footy I Blacklisted like, what?
3: you What?
2: So yeah there could have been It could have been Like you mentioned A little bit of homework
4: I could, yeah, Well yeah
3: Certainly
2: <laughs> But There could have been A lot more done By Fox Footy's producers that's for sure.
3: Can we just hear that? Can we just hear that truck going through again? <laughs> Bryce
2: you've got a
1: nice day for it, but there's a fair bit of injury trouble for both sides.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've
1: got a
4: couple of
2: injury news down here. You can
3: see it. You can see it coming over the horizon, and you yeah. see the end of it. There's that much time. And hey, what
4: about? I've got a couple of injury news here
2: too. <laughs> what, what even is that? Uh, uh, things good. have
3: slightly improved since uh. then. Yeah,
2: you've come a long way, mate.
3: <laughs> it's ten o'clock. Let's get to the news.
2: With the large. <laughs> range of volkswagen models in stock visit solitaire volkswagen and test
3: drive today
1: live across south australia welcome to saturdays in sa with andrew hayes and bryce
3: Gibbs. the new performance r range is now at solitaire volkswagen go and check it out we're coming to you live from snsa studio lumo sa right in the heart of the city one king William street building up to showdown 52. this has just been so good during the week all the barbs that have been thrown the verbals, now it's time for the boys to go at it tonight, 7 o'clock. Still a few little last-minute barbs as well. The Crows put a little tweet out with a poster saying, Port Power v. the Crows. A little text just came through as well saying, no, it's Port Power v. the Camry Dodos.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, good rivalry. Get involved this morning, 0427 154 uh, And, of course, uh, you can give us a call before 10.30, 1.300 736 736 Um, Gibbsy, let's take a bit of a whip around the sports world.
2: This Saturday scoreboard.
3: Big result last night for Friday night football. Melbourne smashed Brisbane, thrashed at the Gabba last night, one hundred and fifteen to fifty-seven. So, I guess uh, right now we're sort of seeing how this shapes up. But the D's look very, very good. The Cats are probably still in the box seats. But uh, the top four looks like for me, it's a bit of a two-horse race. We'll see what the Swans can do, but Brisbane just making up the numbers for me.
4: Yeah, it's uh, it was pretty disappointing from Brisbane, wasn't it? And uh, I didn't watch a whole lot of the first half, but watched the highlights when I got home. And yeah, it was a, it was a training run from uh, from Melbourne. They've uh, their last couple of weeks have been very impressive, and they're building nicely into the finals.
3: Uh, the talking point from the game as well, of course, uh, was Harrison Petty. He was visibly distraught at three-quarter time after Dane Zorko appeared to have said something about his family on the field. That is the word. We don't know exactly what was said. Alan Richardson said this post-game.
4: Yeah, look, Pets um, thought he heard
5: something that was um, probably over the top in terms of reference to to you know, a
3: member of his family. Uh, we actually don't have all the information, Richard, so it would be unfair of me to... Say anything with respect to Brisbane. Uh, I I went over to Danny Daly at the break just to let him know that it happened and if it had happened, then perhaps um, they might want to sort it out. Um, Not good stuff. Um, We're all for banter and things of such, but there's obviously a point where you cross the line.
4: Yeah, and he looked uh, extremely... Flat and and upset at at three-quarter time there, so the AFL will launch an investigation and speak to Dane Zorko and find out uh, what went down.
3: Mm, Alistair Clarkson signed a big five-year deal with North Melbourne. This was huge news yesterday. When it comes time to
5: make decisions as pivotal as this one, you think back to the the moments in your life where you really needed some support. This club gave it to me. And perhaps the, the shoe is on the other foot right now where... This club needs some support and some help, uh, and that was pivotal in us making a decision uh, to come back and uh, help the club and help get itself back on track again.
3: This is North Melbourne's biggest win since 1999. <laughs> <laughs> and you spoke about it before. Jason Horn Francis, do you think it changes things
4: I, I, th- I certainly think it's going to help. It's going to help. Um is going to come in, put his arm around Jason, you know sell him what the future could look like at this football club. And we all know Clarko, the the experience and the success that he's had, and he's going to be a big draw card. And can he make North Melbourne a destination club? I think he can. Mm. I think he can.
3: The lure of a big coach like that, just fantastic news for North Melbourne. And the North Melbourne supporters who have just gone through hell particularly over the last sort of couple of years. So no doubt waking up today, uh, yesterday when you got the news, just feeling pretty good about things. Essence players have been left disgruntled after President David Barham addressed, him, addressed them yesterday morning. So apparently they unleashed during the meeting because David Barham is very new to press conferences in a football space. Uh, probably would have handled things a little bit different in particular. And let's play one grab. And this was David Barham speaking about speculation James Hurd could come on board as coach, and there was another little sub-story after that.
4: David, just one more to be crystal clear. Do you yep. feel that there are sections on the board, or powerful sections of this club, that would support James Hurd coaching this club?
0: I have no idea, and it, and that is it. Like, how much more hypothetical can we get, Tom? Well,
4: uh, I don't know. Like I, think I can't.
0: To... I can't. I can't. You know, um, that's no. sort of like. If one plus one plus one equals five, what do you reckon? I can't answer that.
4: Does the club know what sort of coach it needs?
0: Um, yeah, well, that's what's got to be worked out. That's part of what's got to be worked out on Sunday, and the decision has got to be made. So no, the club doesn't know? Um, oh, boy. Melting. I think it's got to be worked out on Sunday.
3: <laughs> oh, jeez. Look, better for the run, as we've said earlier. Yeah. It'll be better next time that they have a press conference but that's as tough as it gets because Essendon have created a big giant mess and it's tough to um, explain that mess when it's completely your fault and just behind the scenes Ben Rutten has handled himself absolutely beautifully uh, particularly as well when he spoke about Barham.
6: Yeah I don't think he was entirely pleased with the way um, things have transpired throughout the course of the week but my focus has been my players and preparing them for this week's game of footy. Do you want to hang around? As I said before, I'm the coach of this footy club and I made a commitment to serve the Essendon footy club, the members, supporters and my players and I'm going to continue to do that best that I can until someone tells me otherwise. What
3: do you expect on Sunday? You mentioned Sunday as a pretty important day. What are you expecting? I don't know. I don't have any expectation. Jeez, mm, there you go. It's just a horrible situation for Ben Rutten and clearly could have been handled better and I completely agree with David Barham saying, look, it's in our absolute best intentions, of course, if Alistair Clarkson's available. We've got to go out there and see if he is available. But it was too late.
4: Yeah, it was. And kudos to, to Ben Rutten. He's handled himself amazingly under the circumstances, let's be honest. And for him to keep fronting up and, and putting in his time and effort to this footy club who have hung him out to dry, uh, it's certainly a credit
3: to him. Mm. Um, what about the golf news during the work as well? Tiger Woods rejected an offer from Liv has firmly sided with the PGA Tour in its war against Live Golf. This is such an unbelievably intriguing situation that basically it's the good guys versus the bad guys. Yeah. Does it feel like that?
4: Yeah, it does. Um, and, but then there's some reports at the moment that our boy Cam Smith mm-hmm. is looking to sign for around just a, a little
3: lazy $140 million, if you don't mind, to go head over to Liv. I and mean, you sit there and go, well, no, why does he go to the dark side? Well, just put yourself in his shoes. One hundred forty million dollars. What would you do? I mean, don't even ask me what I'd do for one hundred forty bucks. <laughs> Let's not go there.
4: Yeah, it's, uh, it's it'd be extremely hard to turn down, wouldn't it? One
3: hundred forty bucks. Yeah, or one hundred forty million. <laughs> one hundred forty, <bucks. laughs> maybe both. Um, tell us what's happening in the APL.
4: Plenty happening. Two rounds in, so we've got Man City and Arsenal, the only undefeated sides after two games. Uh, we have Manchester United sitting way down on the bottom of the EPL table for the first time in That's a huge.
3: long time. Just so, so you're a man who studies the world game closely. How significant is that?
4: It's huge. They are... Talk about Essendon being under the pump. Man United are under the pump yeah, at the moment over in, uh, in the UK. And
3: the managers in that in particular space. It's a brutal e- space.
4: Everyone in that organisation. And talk, uh, talking about um, big rivalry games, we've obviously got the showdown tonight. Carlton Collingwood play tomorrow and it is Man United-Liverpool this weekend as well in the EPL which is uh, one of the biggest rivalries in the EPL so no doubt fireworks in that so uh, yeah plenty happening uh, in the EPL at the moment.
3: Very good stuff. Text line 0427 154 uh, This one from Brett. Good morning to you great man. He said, you should have seen Nigel Smart in the very first showdown. At the first two center contests, he was jumping into players like a crazy man. Why don't we do that as well? There's still time to get involved with the text. The great showdown characters, 0427, 154, Jeez, there were some hard men back in the day. That would really, really bring it physically and leave everything out on the showdown paddock. And then, of course, sometimes it would um, stumble into the Ramsgate. And continue <laughs> yes. on.
4: Yes. Yeah. Well, both clubs are out after tonight.
3: Oh, Saturday night. Where are we going? Go for a beer down at the <laughs> Ramy. The Ramsgate. Should the Ramsgate get themselves prepped for an all-in <laughs> South Australian professional football war? Who leads oh. that charge? Oh, are you saying to me? He's <laughs> saying to me that I should call uh, a camo at Channel Seven and get ready.
4: I, that's where I'm expecting you to be, Hazy. Yeah,
3: Waiting in the car, lurking
4: in the car park.
3: Hiding in a bin. <laughs> ready to pop out. I was and, hiding in the uh, bin the first time I met you at the yes, airport that time, you actually.
4: You popped up
1: out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and
3: Bryce Gibbs. Jeez, what a big show it's been as well. A lot of fun coming through via the text line, 0427 Typical showdown banter. All the words have been shared during the week. And tonight we're going to see some good stuff. And... Some good, solid news stories over the last sort of couple of months. And that's what brings Tommy Line into the room. Hello, Tommy.
2: Yeah, hello. I thought it Tommy could Phillips. be good. Oh, ah,
3: Tommy Phillips. Yes, call,
2: call me by my proper name. No, thanks. I um, thought it could be good to talk about the year's most boring stories because I've just sat back and watched the media has its own little ecosystem and we reinvent and renew these Boring stories all the time that just kind of put me to sleep because it's its own little ecosystem has to keep generating headlines. So we're going to go through them. The first couple of these are honourable mentions here. Uh, where will Buddy Franklin go? it's
3: uh, a good one. Non-story. We've he's, stopped talking about that, haven't we? Yeah,
2: yeah but yeah. that was on for about a month or so. He's 36. He's, he's not going anywhere. He's just going to sign a contract there. Uh, another honourable mention, anything... And everything that involves the words AFL crowds, floating fixture, collective bargaining agreement, I'm off to bed. No, no. Classic. That's good. Yeah.
3: Agree with that.
2: Just unrelatable. And now we're going into our top three. Is there anyone, anything cross your mind? Boring?
3: Boring. Um, yeah. I would like to say that's uh, Ken Hinkley's future.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: i have spoken about that to death to the point yesterday where the question was asked to Ken indirectly, like... He hopes the North stuff's been, you know, out there so you can focus on and then we'll see there after the press again. We should have said, Hey Kenny, are you going to (laughs) Western it? we didn't have the balls to do that, but it would have been funny.
2: I think Ken would nominate that one as boring. What about you, Gimma? Matt Crouch for mine. Yeah. We've spoken about that at length.
4: And it's been nice to have a couple of weeks off not talking about it to be honest, because everyone's finally
3: finally accepted
4: what's gonna happen. Hey, Bryce, that, do, you,
3: do you want to talk about the cross camp? <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: that not was boring. That's that spicy. One, yeah, yeah. yeah that's not on. boring. That was quite exciting. So exciting on. we allocated an entire show to that one. <laughs> um, okay. Number three, counting down. Is Adelaide's rebuild on track? The for, Rebuilds are not linear. They take five to seven years. It's not like uh, three years we're not going to know anything. I, I don't... Appreciate people criticising my club, but I think we need patience. And here's an example.
3: Now we can reassess it. With one game to go, is the Crows rebuild firmly on track?
2: so boring. (laughs) Come on, mate. (laughs) Come on. This
3: question was asked by me to Matthew Nix yesterday. (laughs) Come on. But it's a positive spin because you're going for your fourth game in a row. Fourth win. That hasn't happened, I don't think, since 2017.
2: Fair enough. And you need something tangible. Something people can think about and put a timeline on. But, you know, rebuilds take ages. Like, Brisbane took, buddy, seven years. Anyway. Carlton is still rebuilding. <laughs> <laughs> They've been in a three-decade rebuild. Uh, s- number good. two, counting down. Suspensions in the match review panel, full stop. It was medium impact, low-grade contact and intentionally boring. The MRO said they couldn't adjudicate, so send it to the tribunal where Toby Green was... Suspend, given a suspended sentence in the parole board order did he wear an electric ankle bracelet and oh. <laughs> it does sound like a murder case, though, and it just bores me to death here's um some of the examples
1: the tribunal reiterated what was plain to see Cripp's forcefully bumped it was Callum careless Archie conduct high impact high him. contact, the same we think yeah, it'll it be
6: succeed at the tribunal. Hell. It will go to the
3: appeal. Not classified oh. as high so content. if you put it in the matrix, it's careless, it's high, and it's high. <laughs> That's good. Cool. There's so many big words there that I don't <laughs> understand.
2: Yeah, when I hear – like the equivalent of giving me a Valium. As soon as I hear that, I'm just out. And That's finally –
3: it's good. That's good. That's a real good one.
2: <laughs> the most boring subject of the year, Port Adelaide's prison bar jumper. This is just so boring. We've been talking about it for like ten years. Collingwood like black and white. And they port like black and white too. Those are my colours. I have heritage. Can I, pretty please, wear the jumper for one day? <laughs> Just let them wear the jumper. Like it's it's not that hard. Yeah. It's it's more. It's, this is so boring. It's like an administrative conversation. It's like talking about spreadsheets. It's, I don't know how it keeps coming up. Here's an example. <laughs>
1: Port Adelaide oh, okay. and the prison right. bar jumpers. Port Adelaide fans, I think a few have been saying this already. If there's ever a year to wear it and make a stand. Well, they made a statement after the game they want to wear it. I understand that, <laughs> Roach.
4: So what do they do, Abba? Do they just make a stand next week, Port, and just wear the jumper <laughs> and cop a fine or...
3: It's <laughs> <laughs> good. You know what? And good on Collingwood for fighting back, and giving us something to talk about for probably years to come.
2: I dare say we'll be talking about it five years from now. Oh,
3: goodness me. We might be talking about it after they wear it tonight. <laughs> I'm Are they? A, I'm not even taking the piss. It's a very, very good point from Bryce. Do you think Do you think they can throw on the show, bar, the uh, prison bars tonight, after pending a uh, win? Boring. <laughs> big show. We've had a nice big solid build-up to Showdown 52. It's going to be glorious if you're heading along. Good stuff. Uh, Port Adelaide supporter, no doubt. You'll absolutely get right around Robbie Gray, celebrate what's been an unbelievable career. And you know what? If you're a Crow supporter, you'll probably do the same thing because he is South Australian football royalty.
4: Yeah, well done to Robbie Gray. Unbelievable career and won't only go down as one of Port's best players of all time, but uh, one of the great players in the whole AFL.
3: Just the way that he's gone about it as well. Did you you have much interaction with Robbie Gray? No, No, I didn't. All of the um, comments from everyone that's spoken about Robbie Gray are exactly the same, that he's as good off the field as he is on the field, yeah. which is a pretty, pretty solid accolade.
4: Oh, absolutely. And one of the biggest clutch players in AFL history, I reckon. The big moments, late in games. He would be the one to either get the, get the team going or just go and kick a goal himself with, uh, with a minute to go.
3: Uh, all right. Give us a tip and give us a margin.
4: I'm, I'm calling on Port to back up their statements early in the week, and I reckon they win by five-plus goals.
6: Ooh,
3: okay. So somewhat of a showdown blowout.
4: Well, I think it'll be competitive and close for most of the game, but then okay. they, they get away in the end.
3: Right. I'm predicting uh, a Port Adelaide victory as well. I think it's going to be close. So uh, eight points is what I'll go with. Um, plans today? Uh,
4: heading out to South Adelaide, playing our last game. Um, and Sam Overall retired last week, played over 100 games for... The South Adelaide Panthers, and he's going to be in the mascot today floating around the ground. So uh, if you're out there, go give him a handshake, go give him a tackle because he'll be running around in the Panther suit. I
3: tell you what, big semi-overall with an open bar tonight. That's a bit dangerous, isn't it?
4: Look out. He's uh, hes going to have a, a fun time, I would have thought.
3: A fun time, to say the least. All right, big show today. We had a lot of fun, so make sure you catch up via the podcast. Uh, stick around for crunch time. Whoever your team is tonight, best of luck. We'll catch you this time next week. Have a great weekend.